0: The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter Strike Global Offensive. Join today at (laughs) theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 70, the big 7-0 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Kalati, at Jalati LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, I'm going to go in reverse order, just to mix things up. We have Chris Chung at Prime LOL. Hello, folks.
1: Trying to find my mute button.
0: <laughs> Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49.
1: Good evening, y'all.
0: And John George at the Esports Plug on Twitter.
2: How's it
1: going, everybody?
0: All right, so we have... Week 9, the LCK, we have LPL playoffs round 1, LC- LCS playoffs round 1, we're going to be doing Europe next week, we're not going to be doing Europe this week, so it's probably going to be on the shorter end of episodes this week, then we'll do pick of the week, and then before we start everything, we've got a couple news topics to get to, and that's going to be the show this week, so probably a little bit on the shorter end, less to discuss uh, fewer matches anyway, especially because the LCK is pretty chalky this week, but we'll get to that in a second. So, a couple articles of news, um, CLG... Did not make playoff or did not make playoffs. Had to go a ridiculous. Would they go like zero and eight in the last eight games or something?
2: Yep, I think so. Uh,
0: basically, had to lose out to not make playoffs and did. And uh, they fired Weldon and Song. their two coaches. So um, I think this isn't so much a surprising piece of news, but I think what's like the real discussion to be had here is the reaction to it. And I think uh, just how people treat people on the internet this is going to be this going to be a bit of a moral lecture for a second how did how people treat people on the internet so i know john you had some pretty strong thoughts on this one just in general just in general on it so yeah it's
2: like i don't think there's anything wrong with clg firing the two coaches i think that's reasonable they had a terrible season with a roster that a lot of people would have said was supposed to be all right like not an ex- exceptional roster but you know a decent roster and they had a terrible run of it so i don't think anybody would say that it's those guys should be immune from getting fired or whatever it was more that when he posted, and I think, you know, when you're looking for new work, probably mentioning your family in the tweet and saying, oh, I've got a family of six. is probably not your best thing you can do. But the comments from that thread were just nothing but people just piling on this guy and calling him all kinds of names. And the thing that stuck out to me was everyone kept saying, what a scummy thing it was to take your kids out of school and move across the country for the esports pipe dream or whatever. But, like, that's just what that's just what you do if you want to move up in any industry. Yeah. Like, if, you, if you're, it's not, that's not about esports. That's like, if you want to move up anywhere, you know, you take a job across the country to get better pay to move up in rank. You don't have to do that, but it's something that at least I know, maybe it affected me personally, because my dad started out as just an, a cashier at uh, Walden Books, a bookstore. Yeah. And uh, ended up working his way up the chain until he was the senior vice president of operations for Borders, who ended up buying Walden Books. So I moved all the time when I was growing up. Every time he got a big promotion, it would be, yeah, we'll give you a big promotion, but we need you to come here to do it. And I never, like, cared a little bit that we had to move around. In fact, I thought it was actually kind of good for me. So maybe it just struck a chord with me because that was what happened with me. But I just felt everybody was being so unfair for, you know, if my wife told me tomorrow that she got offered a job across the country and it was a little bit less money, but it was her dream job. That's we should, we would definitely at least have that conversation. Yeah, not to say guaranteed we do it, but you know, yeah, I just thought people were being a little unfair. Yeah,
0: to I, I saw a lot of people like calling him selfish, saying it was irresponsible. It's like I don't, I mean, I think it's I think it's arrogant to assume that this wasn't a calculated decision or like a discussed decision. Like you don't, yeah, know. Exactly. are you in the room with them people? Like if if it ends up that that was the case, then sure criticize the guy, right? But we don't know that. So stop acting like you know that. You know what I mean? Like, that's everyone's up on their moral high yeah. horse about this kind of stuff, and it ends up being, like, it, it just ends up creating this toxic atmosphere. And I think, I guess you could tie this into, like, a broader idea of just, like, if you don't actually know, and there wasn't, like, concrete evidence that came out and said something, or some, or the person themselves came out and said that, like, this was your, any irresponsible decision by me or something along those lines. If you don't know, don't judge people's personal lives on stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if you actually don't know... How everything went down. This goes for players. This goes for performance. This goes for anything like th- just anything in general. Like, don't be a dick about it. Like, I don't know, Josh and Chris. Do you have any thoughts on this one, or is it like?
1: Yeah, I mean, t- coaching move their families all the time. You see this in football. You see this in college football. It, 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 there's no reason for people to just put them on blast. This is just. I don't. I don't understand people on internet. Yeah, that's fair enough, Josh. Yeah,
2: it, it was the it was the assumption that people automatically assumed that he must have like walked into the room and just been like, "Listen, we're fucking moving because this is my
3: dream, and I don't yes! care what you guys
2: like, want." Like, of course, like that's the absurd part.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah, I I think you guys pretty much hit on it. There's not too much I can really add here. Uh, I think at the end of the day, just like you said, people it makes them feel better about themselves or something to be able to say things like that behind a screen name
0: it's weird I don't know um, one other news article we had um so it came out I think today or yesterday that apparently there's some kind of I, I would assume some kind of visa issue with yeah, trick. actually yeah oh, do you have it, do you have it up Gun?
3: yeah I have it up so uh, trick the jungler for SK gaming uh, who just qualified for the LRC playoffs um, actually, would not be able to attend Worlds with the team if they were to qualify. Uh, you know, a pretty big piece of information for a team that you know. No one, we're not. We won't talk about it this week. But you know, most people probably don't expect them to do it. But it wouldn't be completely out of the realm of possibility yeah, for them it's to like a 50-50 qualify. Shot, I think. Right. Yeah. So uh, apparently, what had happened was uh, because of the whole bubble situation um, and the championship being in China. They require that any passport you have has to have more than six months left on it. Um, And in the initial check of passports this year, they didn't realize that it would be just running under six months now. Um, So there's, like, just slightly less than six months left on his passport, and he can't get a new one in time. Um, So the assumption is they'd have to use an Academy jungler if they were to qualify.
0: That's pretty brutal. Actually, because like his kind of renaissance has been, I think a big reason why they've been successful. Like, obviously, Crown Shot's been a savage. zazie has been really, really good. But I think like this team isn't where they are without Trick. You know, kind of rediscovering himself. So uh, I mean, I guess we'll we'll see. But definitely worth mentioning. And I, I part of me wants to criticize like management because there has to be someone looking at all this stuff, but. I feel like that's maybe an easy oversight. I'm not trying to excuse it, but I could see how that got overlooked. Maybe they didn't think they were going to go Worlds. I don't know. but
3: Yeah, I think, I mean, I will say just like with the whole pandemic, like they didn't even know if there was going to be Worlds and then the whole bubble situation. But it sounded like within the article that they kind of waited to the last minute to submit their passports, like their team's passports for review. So had they done their due diligence and maybe gotten it in, you know, couple weeks earlier, then maybe this all gets avoided. Like, we, for all we know, we could have miss it by two days, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, kind of sucks.
0: Cleveland yeah. situation,
3: <laughs> Yeah. So.
0: All right. So, yeah, uh, that was the only thing, I guess, like, real newsworthy stuff. I mean, you're going to start seeing some of these teams drop players and coaches and stuff that didn't make worlds. And we're going to start to see more and more of that. But, we, you know, we'll have a lot more time to talk about that, you know, further into the off season. So, right now – We've got uh, playoffs on our hands, and before we do that, let's blow through this LCK slate because it's a real snoozer, honestly. Next week should be a lot more interesting, but uh, the LCK has been really, really chalky, and, uh, I mean, let's just blow through it. So we're going to do all four days because um, we don't have any other stuff besides playoff matches going on this week. So Thursday, Gen.G minus 1250, Sandbox plus 608. Is Gen.G not going to 2 this?
2: Yeah, this is kind of a, uh, a preview for what the LCK looks like. For this entire weekend pretty much It's not a, a bunch of really exciting matches Unfortunately yeah. uh, feels, feels tough to bet this one on either side Even the minus 1.5 is minus 244 Which is pretty heavy
0: Yeah I think yeah I don't know Any any. So here's what we'll do I'm going to go through these and if you have a justification For the underdog Raise your hand and speak out I guess like that's. Otherwise I'm just going to blow through these because it's a pretty boring slate This is the only interesting match coming up On this one so we have Anybody backing Sandbox here? Not a chance.
2: Got it. 608's a really large number, but
0: no, I don't think I can get behind up there. Yeah, I just think there's there are two different classes of teams, like, by a good enough margin. Uh, T1 minus 476 against Afrika plus 312. Uh, Afrika's minus 104 to take a game. So... Afrika have not punched up well. I keep comparing them to the the high school bully that when he gets to college, or the, the middle school bully that when he gets to high school and tries to pick on someone his own size, gets his ass kicked. And um, they actually lost to. They dropped a game to Dynamics the other day. So, so Afrika, I don't. I guess T one is the side to talk about because Closer continues to not want to give Faker his job back. Kid is playing out of his mind. Good. Now they've had a really easy schedule. For the most part. is Are they going to do it again here? And do we expect to see Faker here?
2: I don't really see any reason to bring Faker back as long as what's going on. Like, when you get to the playoffs, uh, you, you're probably going to see him back. But before that, I don't see much reason. They're they're locked into the playoffs pretty much. He's performing yeah. well. As long as they keep winning, I don't see much reason to I think bring they
0: only need to win one more to actually be locked for playoffs. I could be wrong. They might already be I think, locked. I think they're, I think locked they're already, already locked. It's just a matter of four or five. And they could move up to yeah. three. I yeah, think, they're locked so. already. Um, yeah. Dude, does T one two 0 this? T one have been the team of those top four to kind of drop games, but they've looked a lot better in their last like few matches. So, any love for Afrika here? This is a pretty big number.
2: I wish the plus one point five was better. Maybe I'd get it on the plus one point five, but even that's negative money. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I like this one either. Yeah. Right.
3: If it feels like Afrika, just like. Like I know you have compared them to a high school bully, but it really does just feel like they're just like complete gear in the headlights when any of these teams show up. It's like when they when they see on the other side of the rift a name that has a T1, a DRX, or a Gen G, they're just like, uh, what yeah. is it? The legends? Like they don't even play the game. I don't know.
0: They're they're literally like a gate like the most gatekeeper team I've ever seen. <laughs> it's too funny. Um, KT Rolster minus seven fourteen. Solhei one. I am not touching Solhei one for the rest of the season. Period. Period. Even
2: with KT minus seven
0: fourteen. No, I, I, let me tell you something. I said I said this to a friend of mine. Solheim one aren't playing with professional caliber players. Period. They're just not like these guys aren't. These guys aren't professional grade players. And they weren't last season. They downgraded. And three last season they had actually a good read on the meta game and what was important. Now that everyone's caught up, they have absolutely no redeeming characteristic whatsoever. I don't think they're going to win a game the rest of the split. Maybe Hanwa if they play Hanwa again.
2: Yeah, that wouldn't super surprise me. Solhei looks really, really bad.
0: Like they, they are the worst team in the East. Like I think Dominus would beat them. That's saying something. That, that's a re- that's a reasonable take, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think so Dominus cool. had better players. That's <laughs> kind of weird to say, but uh, Dragon X minus three thousand or more. Hamwa life plus eight seventy four, plus two sixty to take a game for hanwa Hamwa have looked a little bit better. But uh, it's Dragon X, so this is basically betting on if Dragon X Dragon X themselves, which they do sometimes.
2: This has been an interesting, um, it, like it, it's always been like this to some degree, but I think it's really stood out this season with the different playoff formats. It shows you why the LCK format is is better in a lot of ways because there's really no like the teams care about every game. Mm-hmm. All the teams in the playoffs care about pretty much every game they play, even the top teams. Whereas Some of the teams in the in the like LPL stopped caring like a while back for the most part. Yeah, and the LCK pretty much cares every game. It makes it a little bit less interesting for fantasy because you don't have these cool upsets you can try to predict by going like, oh, these guys care, these guys don't care. But it also yeah, it just makes it so I don't want to bet a lot of these games because even DragonX is still in a battle to try to improve their seating in the playoffs, so they care.
0: I mean, I know people don't, like, some people don't like the gauntlet system, which I can understand, but I do, the one thing I do like about it is that it, it like you said, it makes every game matter, like, it, like down to the game matter, because, like, game, a lot of times game differential ends up kicking in, so, um, okay, no love for home I mean, home will have looked better, but they're not
3: very good. Uh, just a quick, quick one here, good. I, like I said, this going to be a weird, uh, an annoying slate, but one here to look at is, like, first dragon for Hanwa. They actually have a higher first dragon rate yeah. than DRX, and you're going to get way better odds. You're probably going to get, what, plus 130, plus 150-ish area, so... Yeah. To get better odds in a team that actually performs better in a statistic is an absolute arbitrage opportunity to, to always take the shot on.
0: Yeah, I've been. That's been, I, how I've been playing these big money line underdogs in like most regions is looking at the the prop markets and seeing where they actually focus their strategies. Like if they're trading dragons for heralds, that's probably why they're losing, but they're probably getting heralds at a pretty good clip. <laughs> so if they're going to continue to do that, that's a good spot. And you can kind of just look. You can tell. Like, a lot of times the numbers, like, with a big enough sample size now, the numbers do line up with how they are on film, like, what they're focusing on. So that's the way to attack these markets, I think. Dynamics, same odds against One. I ain't getting in the way of this freight train, dude. One's ridiculous. One, unbelievable, dude. They look like the best team in the world, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, which Korean team is, like... Best one I still think it's down 1 standing at the
0: top. One. I think it's down 1 right now. We'll see come World's time. Afrika, minus 312 against Sandbox, plus 219. A little more interesting. Yeah, one of the only interesting matches of the entire weekend for I the think, LCA. I right? think Sandbox could get a game here. Uh, I almost... I I don't know, man. I, I don't, I'm i probably still going to lay money. I'm still going to get plus 108 on Afrika here. They dropped two games to the bottom half of the table All season.
2: Yeah, I still think Afrika probably takes care of business. It wouldn't surprise
0: not... me to see Sandbox, but getting plus money in that spot feels like it's it's too good to pass up.
2: I don't know. Is, is Sandbox going to get a game? Like, I hate that the that it's that that's if that was like the money line. Obviously, I'd like absolutely love a free yeah. But the minus one point five, I don't know. Feels like they could take a game there. I think I might just be basically out on the LCK for this entire weekend. Yeah, this
0: this slate's really good. Hamwa plus plus seven fifty, Genji minus two thousand. No. Dragon X minus 10,000, Solhei 1 plus 1100.
2: 1100. Dude, (laughs) so
0: Solhei 1 are so bad that, like, I didn't even want to play the prop markets with them. Like, I didn't even want to play Solhei 1 first Herald. Like, I legitimately think, like, they've been, like, perfect game the number of times this season. Like, I don't even want to mess with it, so. I feel you. Um,. Okay, uh, LPL Playoffs. <laughs> LSK is really boring this weekend. Sorry, everyone. It's not our fault this guy. Next weekend should be really interesting, though, because there's going to be a lot of playoffs eating online and a lot of the top teams playing each other. So, um, LPL Playoffs. Let's do Thursday. We have Victory 5, plus 121, F-M plus Phoenix, minus 161. We'll say uh, Victory 5, plus 1.5, is at minus 204. Um, I wrote a bunch of the maps, the maps, the uh, map totals and kill spreads down here as well. So... This one's so, really okay, interesting. No. Go, ahead. Go ahead, John.
2: I was just gonna say this line just feels really wrong. Like I think I, I predicted FunPlus to win, and I think there's one of the reasons I predicted them to win is I think there's a lot to be said about an org that's had success like this. Their coaching staff and the way that the players respond to these breaks and preparing for other teams I think can often give them an advantage even against a team that's looking a little bit better than them right now. So I predicted them to win this, but minus one sixty one feels really heavy really heavy-handed for them, considering I don't think they've looked like the better team in their last couple matchups.
0: Josh? Uh,
3: I, I'm I'm on V5 here. I'll actually probably take a decent-sized stance on it. Yeah, I'm, um, it on
0: V5. I'm with you. I'm, I'm in on V5.
3: Yeah, I think as we get into playoffs, uh, I, I don't know. To me, it's like you, you really need to rely even heavier on – on what they've shown you, because now we've seen everybody's full body of work. Everybody's played everybody. There's no like, you know, one team's last game they have left is top esports versus the other team's last game they have left is uh, God, what is the what's who's the team Flandre plays for? I can't remember the name. LNG. LNG. Sorry, LNG. <laughs> I can, cannot remember. Uh, so everyone's like kind of evened out, and FunPlus has been like impressively bad in terms of Baron control, and I just don't think you can win in the playoffs with that sort of. Output. Uh, I think they're they're the sixth worst in the league in terms of bearing control, whereas V5 are third. And I think that'll ultimately end up deciding the series, whether it be even if it just comes down to a smite or something like that objective is just so powerful right now. Um, And always has been, obviously, but I don't think a team can win um, in the playoffs with that sort of pedigree right now. And they just also just haven't looked impressive to me.
0: Yeah, so Enjoy. to me, this series, and this is kind of going to be a recurring theme throughout the playoffs, is do you trust the name brand or not, basically? Or do you trust experience versus trust new people? And I think there's a couple of factors that we should probably talk about, like, because it's going to, the reason I say is because it's, it's going to apply to, like, all of these playoff series, or a lot of them anyway. You have a lot of new players. Uh, China is still playing on LAN. So they're not playing from home. Uh, I believe the LEC and LCS are going to try to be playing LAN, but it's just going to depend on if that works out. That is a factor, Um, whether you believe in that kind of stuff or not. I think it is a factor. It's hard to quantify it, but it is a factor. Um, I personally think, and you guys might disagree, in years past, the most important part... I mean, you could make the argument still... The most important part about a best-of-five is, one, your depth of strategy and your ability to adjust. Like, those are those are the two most important things in a best-of-five. To me, the ability to adjust angle is way, way minimized this season. There's effectively, like, one, you could argue, like, two ways to play the game right now. There's, like, the Korean style, or, like, I guess you could point to, like, Team Liquid, right? Or, like, Team Liquid, who are trying to minimize losses and then get to a two item like late game, so to speak, and, you know, control the game from that point forward. And then there's the four Drake Snowball strategy, right? It's it's very the game is very, very binary right now. So I don't know how much adjustment there is other than like champion picks and stuff that you can actually do within a series. So I think teams that we give the benefit of the doubt to to make adjustments mid series or, you know, show a different look in game one just to throw things off. I think we need to, to like minimize the weight of that that we normally put on in a best of five series, right? This is something G two is really good at, notably Fun Plus Phoenix is very very good at. So to me, I want the people that are very, the best at the things that are good right now, and aren't like completely linear. So V five to me have showed me enough of. Like, their their late-game look, like, if people try to draft away or take away all their early-game stuff, they've shown enough competence at playing, like, the mid-late kind of strategy that that's a tool in their toolbox that they can bring out, and they've beaten some good teams doing that, right? I just think Victory 5 are a better team right now. And, like, I think this price... I I could see thinking FunPlus win, but this price is wrong, right? Like, V5 should be favorite if anything, just looking at the body of work this season. Yeah, I mean,
2: I said why I think that FunPlus are going to win this and I think it's going to be a close series but I think they're going to win but minus 161 is way too heavy for me the 121 feels pretty good for Victory 5 even yeah. though I predicted Fun Plus to win I think yeah. I still bet the Victory 5 side yeah
0: and I like, I think that's totally reasonable I do think this is going to be a pretty close series but I, I mean I'm going to be on Victory 5 here Chris did you have any thoughts on this one?
1: Uh, initially I really want to be on the Fun Plus side um, but they, they didn't really finish out the season convincingly for me to know that they would be, it would be a great team to go deep into the playoffs, and this is a big, this is a big match for them. I know V five uh, V5 didn't exactly have that great of a convincing win either, but at least they look good. They look like a cohesive team. Yeah, uh,
0: and to me, I, I, to me, it's just a matter of like, and this is going to be for me a recurring theme throughout the playoffs. Is like they just do the the best thing, good like well, right now. Like that's the way I'm looking at playoffs in general. So. I'm on Victory 5. Chris, you on Victory 5? Victory 5. Josh on Victory 5. And then John, you're on. You think Fun Plus wins, but betting wise, Victory 5 is probably the play if you're going to play. Yeah, it, right? I, think
2: the, I think the plus 121 is too good to pass up on then. Yeah. All
0: right. Uh, then we have LGD and Team WE. So LGD minus 175, Team WE plus 130. We'll say Team WE plus 1.5 is at minus 204. So uh, implying a looks like a three to one or it looks like it's implying a three to two win for LGD. So, uh, this one's interesting because <laughs> team WE more consistent. Um, you know, this is a, this is a blend of styles, right? So team WE generally speaking are playing for that two item spike. That's what they've been doing most of the season. They're not completely all in on that. They're capable. They're able to play early game too. But for the most part, they've been a a scale-and-let-you-screw-up kind of team. LGD are a 4-Drake snowball team, 100%. Make a lot of mistakes closing, but benefit a lot from being able to snowball a game and all the tools that have been given to early-game teams, mostly off the back of Peanut being a beast early-game jungle. So, this is early-game versus late-game, consistency versus inconsistency. Where do we fall on this one?
2: I ended up going with, uh, in my predictions, with Team WE. So if I'm going to predict them to win, then I'm definitely going to bet them a plus 130. Yeah. Um, it's really close, but the the stats mostly lean towards WE. The only one that really goes to LGD is, is Gold Advantage at 15 minutes. But WE is one of those teams that's kind of stood out to me when I've been looking them over as a team that uh, is very good at that like second and third Dragon fight. Their, their team fighting and the types of comps that they draft tend to be very good at that te- at that period of time. So that gives that gives me some faith that even if they're minorly behind at at that time period, that they can still uh, beat LGD in those fights. So I, I went with Team WE and I'm going to
0: bet them. Yeah, I, I think this series is a lot about you know which you know which you know where do you plant your flag, basically early game or 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 I, I guess we could go... they talked about this on SI a couple weeks ago like the new late game being like... Two, we've talked about this too, just being like two or two and a half items is like the new late game, like twenty, like the fourth Drake, basically. Um, so... I don't know. I think this is just like value on WE, because I do think these teams are fairly close to even. Uh, I prefer the way LGD play, and it pains my... It, it hurts my soul to say that. I just think that that's the way to play right now, but I'm not laying 175 with a team that screws up as much as they do. Period. Like... <laughs> I think Team WE are more exploitable than LGD because I think it's it's more difficult to exploit their early game style because I think it's it's all the tools are in their favor and it, you're just hoping for them to screw up. The thing is, LGD will screw up, so it's like uh, to me, like you're giving a best of five, you're giving LGD more opportunities to screw up than normal.
1: So it just kind of depends on where you're at there, Chris. go ahead. I I don't. I think WE also falls similarly, like you mentioned. These are very. Similar, not so much style, maybe the style, but similar in that inconsistency. Like they could just somehow you don't expect them to lose. So is this a game where we're looking at five game potential? Goes all the way to five. This. So I don't usually bet map totals unless it's like
0: an under and the and the value is really good because you, I mean you don't know. I would. So I would actually wait. Like in this specific season, I would. I think we're going to see more four and five game playoffs, like series, just in general. Because I think it's pretty. I don't want to say the game is coin flippy, but it's a lot easier to snowball a lead than it is to th- like throw one. So I think, especially if we think there's one side that's favored in these series, like whatever, t- it could just it could just end up see- being blue side wins, blue side wins, blue side wins, blue side wins, or whatever. Because like, we've seen a lot of that over the last couple of weeks, but I don't necessarily think that'll be true for playoffs. But I do think because of the parity. Overall, I do think we might see more four- and five-game series, but I don't know if it's enough so to to bet that way. Um, this could be. I could totally see this going to five games.
3: Josh? Yeah, so uh, somehow this always happens, but I think I'm going to be on the LGD side, actually. Um, I just think – so what you said said even in your opening, uh, Vince, was that ha- <clears throat> Team a team with a bunch of inconsistencies and – Although LGD tend to shoot themselves in the foot, especially when they try to close games, they do kind of strike me as a team that will punish you if you give them an opening. Yeah. Like, they, they may not necessarily generate a ton themselves, although Peanut has that ability. It doesn't seem like they're the greatest at just generating it, but it feels like if you give them something, then they can take that. Yeah. Um, and to me, I think that's a little bit of the differential between these two teams, because while any professional League of Legends team can do that, I think that's kind of how LGD has gotten to where they've gotten this yep. split, in my opinion. Um, and with a team that's you know not going to play Flawless League of Legends in Team Wii and even is, in some cases, willing to lay down a bit in the early game, I'll probably uh, lean to the side of, of LGD. Um, but I wouldn't really bet the money line. If I was going to bet them, I would want to bet the minus one and a half for plus 150.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Uh, LGD are the most Season 10 team to me. Like, they, they are they are all the good and bad of Season 10 in one team. That's kind of interesting. Um, okay, so John's on WE. I think I'm probably going to be on WE. Josh's on LGD. And Chris, you're on... LGD. LGD. Okay, so 2-2 two, two split. Cool. The-
3: one, What's up? Uh, just One interesting thing as I'm looking at their stats. Uh, it's funny that you said uh, LGD is the 4 Drake Snowball team because... Actually, in terms of first Drake, LGD yeah. is only 35%, whereas Team Wii 65%. The only reason I, again, bring this up is because you're going to get better at odds on the Wii side here, yet again, yeah. for that first Drake taken. Um, and that's definitely a spot to, again, take advantage of. With the 30% differential between the two, you always just want to take the, take the odds there. Because yeah. you're going to get better odds for a team that's better at it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, the winner of V5 and FPX will play sooning on Saturday. And I actually, this side of the bracket is way more interesting to me. Like, I actually think the other side of the bracket's really chalky besides this first match. I think Invictus is going to smash whoever wins that that LGDWE series. So I don't, I mean, I don't know if you guys agree with that or not.
2: Yeah, I, I'm big time on that. I think Invictus is definitely going to win. And I, But I think this side of the bracket is super interesting and really hard to tell exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, so- I do think. Go. The winner of I think the winner of victory five FPX is going to beat Stunning, regardless of who it is.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the odds are on that because Suning have kind of been. I kind of think Suning are just like a better version of Team WE, if that makes sense. Not in like that they always play the same way, but that they rely a lot on enemy teams screwing up, and I don't like teams that rely on enemy mistakes to do that unless they're you know forcing them themselves right. So, also, they definitely just lost a game to FPX with Khan at ADK. Well, Khan wasn't playing eighty carry, but LWX Emergency subbed out over the weekend on Sunday. And they definitely dropped the game to FPX still. So, I don't know, worth noting. But SUNY have also been, like, a very good team at even, like, three-game series adjustments. So, that's worth noting also. I, I agree with you. I do think the winner... I don't know. I... I might take Suning against Fun Plus. It would depend on the odds. But uh, I think Victory 5 I would, I would take against Suning for sure. All right. And then, I mean, the ne- then after that is next weekend, so we'll be able to talk about that on next week's show. So that's the LPL. Uh, LCS? All right, cool. LCS we have TSM minus 357. Golden Guardians plus 248. We'll say Golden Guardians plus one and a half is at plus 102. Interesting series, right? Because Golden Guardians have looked very, very good recently. But TSM have also looked very, very good recently.
2: Uh, I said, well, so I predicted TSM to win the series when I was predicting on Twitter. And the thing that was kind of... uh, like for me is this was one of those series we've talked about this before that just because two teams are kind of close in skill level doesn't automatically mean that the series is going to be three, two just because they're close in skill level. And that's where this feels like, like I think golden guardians is pretty close to TSM, but I also, but I think TSM is just going to win three zero. I think they're a little bit better, but more consistent and they're just going to come out and win the series pretty heavily, even though the teams are pretty close.
0: I kind of – you want to know, like, my gut take first – like, my first thought on this one was, like, lay 345 for Golden Guardians to take a game. I don't see – I really don't see many 3-0s happening in these playoffs. I just think the game in the way that – like, the state that it is right now, I feel like almost anyone's going to be able to take a game even. Maybe not, like, the really bad teams. Like, I don't think Dignitas is probably going to take a game. Even Dignitas, but, like, I don't think Dignitas is going to take more than a game against anyone but I think a lot of, like, competent teams are probably going to take a game. That's my thought. That's where my eyes first went. This feels, I I don't know, like, I I do think TSM are better. I do think TSM deserve to be, like, you know, pretty large favorites. This feels a little bit rich, right?
2: Yeah, it's, I don't know, about minus 357. That number just feels really, really big. It should be, like, 250
0: range maybe, right? I I don't know, just, like, ballparking it. Yeah, it
2: just doesn't feel bettable uh, to me at the straight money line, I think there's some, some ways you could play around with the plus 1.5 and minus 1.5. That might be all right, but the straight money lines feel out of whack,
0: Josh.
3: Yeah, I, I think so. This is again, a problem we have, especially in the West with the best of one regions is like, if you have a team that's better, but they're also a public team, like, you know, every, every sport has its public teams that are going to get a half point in football or boys or one and a half points in NBA, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, uh, and even in hockey, I think you can get, you know, like a half goal or even, you know, things of that nature. But uh, that's the problem, I think, with TSM, and we've seen it all split with, with even with G2, even when they were losing and still getting insane odds. Um, but I do think TSM's the better team here. Um, while Golden Guardians has definitely impressed me, it's, again, just like when I look at that game, the only way I really see Golden Guardians taking a game is a Foncer snowball, which just sounds weird because broken Blade's been the only like not super consistent piece of, of, uh, of TSM right now, especially since they added treats. Um, I guess a closer snowball. I say, you don't,
0: you don't think there's like a closer difference game in here.
3: Uh, there could be, it's just like, we talked about it before, but like, I feel like speak of just does his thing and it doesn't matter all that much unless he just hard int dives into a bush level one. Like, that's what happened to... I mean, and maybe this is... It could just be recency bias speaking, too, because I was pretty impressed with the TSM loss to Team Liquid, as stupid as that sounds, and as much as I hate that argument. Yeah. I thought that was a game they easily could have won. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I just... I don't know. To me, that's been... They, they've they just looked like the better team. So, I I would probably lead TSM minus one and a half. But I, again, don't don't love these odds.
1: Chris? Yeah, I mean... It, it looks like a big number, but I do expect TSM to win, so I don't know if I can bet this on a money line. Um, I'm gonna look for the props, but I haven't seen anything that stuck out to me yet. Yeah, I think
0: I I don't know, man. I t- the jungle difference is real, but it might not be if the lanes just do their job on TSM. Like it's just like really hard to, you know, manufacture stuff against a team like that. I also think that the the Bjergsen Zillion <laughs> thing is a real is a real draft equity win for TSM over the course of this series, like that's going to pay dividends over three, four, five games, you know? So I know, yeah. and I know, actually, I don't know if anyone heard, uh, they had DeMonte on SI a couple weeks ago. It might've been last week. And he was talking about how like that, like when Bjergsen's playing that actively, you just have to ban it against him. Like teams just don't want to play against it. And I never, ever in a million years thought that like we'd be talking about that he obviously he's very good at it historically he's got a good track record on the champion but like it feels like such a weird champion to have to ban right but apparently teams respect it a lot so it's equity for them uh what else uh so we have any other thoughts on this one
2: no, I mean I could kind of see it. I could see it going the Golden Guardians' way, but it feels like it's going to be a, a TSM stomp to me, where we realize that Golden Guardians isn't quite on the same level as
0: the top teams right now. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so one just, last yeah, good, good.
3: Yeah, so just one last point to add. I know because you were, you just mentioned it, but uh, on I think it was on actually on SI this week, Kabe was on there talking about his time on TSM a little bit, and he actually specifically mentioned what you just said, which was that. The difference he felt between NA and EU is that junglers in NA are there to like support lanes, whereas junglers in EU are like expected and oftentimes just feel it is their job to be the one like driving action and trying to snowball games and a certain And you can definitely see that. Okay. And um, while closer falls into the more the EU jungler type camp on that argument, I do think that that's kind of why I feel the jungle difference doesn't matter as much because the lanes are just in TSM's favor. Yeah, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I do agree with that. Uh, this should this one should be interesting. I actually think this is going to be a good series. I think this should be competitive. Like I think this is going to be way more competitive than the odds implicate. But I could see thinking the other way too. Next up, we have FlyQuest versus Evil Geniuses. FlyQuest minus two seventy, EG plus one ninety six. We'll say FlyQuest minus one and a half is at minus one fifteen. So, is there any faith in Evil Geniuses right now? Because I have next to zero. I think this team's trash.
2: Yeah, I don't think they're very good. I am going to bet the FlyQuest minus one point five and minus two point five in this one. I think. Yeah. Uh, Try to make it so that if if they win three to one, I still make money. Yeah. Uh, And. Uh, I think I'm pretty sold in that. I mean, like, Evil Geniuses made this swap because they wanted to get some carry action in the top lane, and I think Solo's just better than Huni right now. So they're not even getting any benefit there. Well, the Power th- of Evil's better in the mid lane.
0: I, I also think... Wait, wait, wait. Can you yeah, run that back again, John? What was the other reason, the other reason <clears throat> that they made this swap? Consistency, right? They thought Shizuke oh. was a different... You know, was not a good fit for the current metagame, which uh, makes sense. I get, I get, we all understood the change, right? Yeah, it and they such... looked good the first week, but they've been inconsistent. So you made a switch for consistency's sake, and you're not any more consistent. Like, I don't,
2: they, they made a switch for consistency's sake when the team isn't good enough to want consistency. That's yeah. the thing is your team has to be very good if you want consistency, that way you can consistently put out an A or a B plus performance or whatever. When you have a team that's like C level, you don't want consistency, you want what Jazuke was giving you, which is big upside, even if it if it lowers your floor a little bit. And so they've kind of taken away their their wild card that was giving them a, an ability to beat some teams that they maybe shouldn't have beaten, yeah. and so now I just feel like they're just like a flat C level team, which is not what you want. Yeah,
0: I know. Um, I, I keep referencing this. If you if you haven't listened to the Summoning Inside episode with Demonte, and actually the Buipo episode last week was excellent as well. If you haven't listened to those two, I highly recommend checking them out because you get a, you're gonna get like a current take on what other pro players think of other teams in these regions, which is actually pretty good. And DeMonte was specifically talking about Evil Geniuses in that episode, saying that he underst- He said the same thing. He's like, we- I understand why they made the move and why it fits in this current metagame that is not a good fit. But he all- he said specifically, he's like, Jizuke was the reason they were winning games before. And he thinks Huni is actually being underrated by people, but he also thinks that like he's not going to be winning them games by himself. So, he talked a lot about Huni's like actually making an effort to speak English and stuff like that, which is an underrated, uh, an underappreciated aspect of things. But anyway, speaking yeah, I mean, about Jazuke right specifically, there, yeah. he said Jazuke, you know, whether he was a good fit or not didn't matter because he was always the one that was going like he was the reason they won games, which I actually agree with most of the, for the most part.
2: Yeah, I mean, they make this trade, and it's not like they got a stud like playoff representative Viper in the top lane. Instead, they just got a hoonie in there. I mean, what are you gonna do?
0: So, uh, I I think this is like FlyQuest money line. Fly, FlyQuest map spread. Like, I think FlyQuest are gonna like. They're just so consistent.
3: Yeah, I'm all over the FlyQuest. Like, side. how much do you hate this FlyQuest team? By the way, like I, every time we go out, they just reel us back in, being the same old annoying. B plus, A minus, damn Dude, team. I, I just hate them.
0: I usually love teams like this because, like, I usually love teams like this because you can make a lot of money on them because nobody wants to bet them, and usually their lines are deflated, and it's just like, oh, like, listen, I can get a consistent team that's undervalued? Hell yes. Like, I want that all day long. But they're I amazing. also I also understand that, like, their ceiling is, like, here. This Like, this is their floor, and this is their ceiling. You know? No, like, they're
2: not... Yeah. Freaka-esque. And, like, the one of the things that's holding them back is that, like, every time you see them against the top teams, they usually just get smashed. Yeah. Like, and it looks bad bad, and so then you don't want to bet them against other teams. They're, like, kind of a freak esque. Yeah, I think. They're,
0: they're, I think they're a little bit like, they can take games off the top teams just because of, like, the consistency level in North America compared to the LCK, I think. Like, the top LCK teams, I think it's a lot harder to take games against them than it is the top NA teams, even as an NA team. So... Yeah, I don't know. This, this is FlyQuest has written like it's FlyQuest all over this, right? Chris, you, any any support for Evil Geniuses here? I'm just trying
1: I'm trying to think of a scenario where FlyQuest just cuz that's the only reason I would see FlyQuest can lose is if they trip over themselves. It's not something anything that Evil Geniuses can do to win. Maybe I'm going to be wrong on that day because you know that always tends to happen, but out of all the scenarios right now, I just the only way that FlyQuest would lose is if they really don't play their game and they trip over themselves. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. Like, I, I mean, we did see
0: like a two week period in the middle of the season where they played probably their two worst weeks. This was like a month ago. They played probably their two worst weeks of the entire calendar year. So, like, I mean, you can never rule out any given day or whatever, but FlyQuest has just been so steady that it's, it's hard to believe that that's going to happen, you
3: know? Yeah, well, and something that I don't even know if we've actually talked about it, really, because it kind of flew under the radar, was then they got Wild Turtle back. They took him out because he was having motivation issues or something. I forget, he said it on one week of the cast that he, his head just wasn't in the right place. Then they brought him back, and he's you know he's been a, a rock. And while the one way I see EG winning a game is through just bot lane difference because, you know, the ceiling on Bang and Zazel's higher, I just don't think Bang is doing it if that makes sense. Like, he's just I don't not... think
0: they play through bot lane and they should. That's my issue. It's like with they them. want to,
3: but they don't, yeah. Yeah,
0: Like that's my issue with them. Like I, Playing through bot lane is the simplest way to play the game. It's just the simplest way to play League of Legends. And like they, they just... like m- Evil Geniuses makes everything so difficult for themselves. That's what I don't understand about them. It's like, why are you playing on hard mode, dude? Like, just b- simplify this. And maybe they do for this series. I don't know, but... Give me FlyQuest here. So... Uh, speaking of that series, Hundred Thieves will play the loser of this series, so they get the loser. So presumably, EG. That's a more interesting matchup because they've been kind of hot and cold. Each of them.
2: Yeah, that, I think that matchup's really interesting. I would take Hundred Thieves in
0: that matchup, honestly.
2: Yeah, I think I give it to Hundred Thieves, and I think it's a it's a really interesting matchup, though. And I think someday in Huni is always like a really really fun battle to watch. But yeah, I think I give it to Hundred Thieves.
0: Hundred Thieves are probably going to be dogs there too, right? Lower bracket, lower seating. I would guess they're going to be dogs.
2: Yeah, I would think they're going
0: to be dogs for sure. I, I, I think contracts has actually been pretty good, too. So, like, uh, give me 100 Thieves in that spot. Like, if that's anything, like, I, honestly, I would even, like, pay them as favorites, I think. Like, not a lot. Maybe, like, you know, 120, 130 range. I would, I would lay 100 Thieves as favorites, I think. But you're probably going to get plus money or even money. So that's a 100 Thieves pick to me. I could see that series going five games just because of inconsistencies. But I could also see it going three games because of inconsistencies and one team just doesn't show up that day, you know?
2: A true – I want to give a true shout-out here to Rioma, who I think has had a so much better season this season. It hasn't hey, been man. on every kind of champion. There's been, like, a, a set of champions that he's done, like, really well on. But that's fine. A lot of people were, you know, really on him last split. And this split I think he's actually been a very active contributor to the team that's been very good, so –
0: yeah, I, I do think Riomez has had a much better season this season than he did. I was so – it's weird because he was getting a lot of credit for being – I thought he was being overrated last season, personally. And, like, I just saw a lot of flaws in his play on film that I didn't like, just, like, bad tendencies. He's been a lot better this season, but the team's been a lot, like – I don't want to say a lot worse, but, like, you know, worse, right? Like, just more inconsistent. And everything else around him has been kind of kind of weird with all the changes and everything. So, I agree. Like, I think he's been better this split, even if the numbers don't bear that out. Although, I haven't really, you know, looked at them recently. So, uh, 100 Thieves, Evil Geniuses, any EG backers? Damn, we all hate EG. EG are garbage, right? They must be. They're going to go to second place now. Watch.
3: What was I mean? What was up with the EG over GGS win? Like, did you guys have any takeaways from that? That would give you any sort of inkling to lean them? Because uh, that that was a surprise to me. Yeah, I felt bad for uh for Alan on that one.
0: Yeah, he yeah he actually mentioned that on Twitter too. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I'm trying to like remember what happened. I'm pulling up the graph now because I like I don't remember specifically what happened in this game. That
1: felt like it was a Golden Guardians losing more than Evil genius making anything work because Golden Guardians tend to do these things where they look fantastic in one game and then the next game you're like who are they? Why are they playing so slow? What are they trying to do?
0: Um, Oh, this was the all-in early game team. Okay, I do remember this. So they played, so Golden Guardians played (laughs) literally, (laughs) you ready for this? Renekton, Nidalee, Echo, Callista, and Bard. Like, uh, we are – that's all in on early – besides the echo, I guess. Like, that's an all-in early game with a weird 1-3-1 option. Uh, no, I like,
1: against I know.
0: <laughs> and, like, they just got outscaled. Like, they were ahead in this game, but they they rolled Cloud Soul, and then, like, they started getting outscaled before they even got it anyway because EG actually took the first Drake. So uh, that's what happened in this one. EG had, had NAR set Azir Senna. Tom Kench. and against like the h- half tank lineup Senna's just going to do mad work if any fight lasts longer than like 3 seconds. So yeah, I think they just got outscaled pretty badly in this game. They had a really good start but, you know, that's what it looks like to me. They got they had a, they were they were going to get outscaled and they rolled cloud soul, which is like the worst option for something like this anyway. So they were probably going to lose this game later. And it went I mean it went 40 minutes. I remember they got like bottom lane inhibitor I think at some point in this in this game, and they just couldn't do enough with it. They made a couple mistakes getting caught out splitting and everything, so... Yeah, I don't know. I... I still think that's the better way to play right now, but you can have games like this where you just don't execute, or you roll the wrong soul, and you lose. Uh... Either way, I, I think... I agree. Like, I think that was more Golden Guardian... Like, slightly more Golden Guardians losing, but it wasn't entirely, like, 100% upon, you know? Like, they were gonna get outscaled in that game, so... Um... How about Dignitas facing the loser of TSM and Golden Guardians? <laughs> Sorry, if anybody did anybody else have any thoughts on that?
2: I kind of forgot. Oh, but going on to that next one, uh, I think no matter who ends up there, they 3-0 Dignitas. I don't think Dignitas gets a game from anybody that ends up there.
0: <laughs> I think that's probably the most likely. Especially if this was like EG Dignitas, I would toy with the idea of like Dignitas taking a game or two. But, like, both these teams are pretty good, and I'm not going to mess with it. I mean, Dardock could pop off in a game and just, like, get them ahead, so ahead that it doesn't matter. He's done that a couple times with them. But, I don't know. Usually to do that, they have to overindex into early game stuff, and that ends up not working out well for that team. A lot of the times they don't close well. I don't know.
3: This will depend on the odds. Like, if there's any chance we could get plus odds on a plus two and a half, and I would probably take it just because, like you said, they have shown the ability to take one game.
0: Yeah, like if TSM lose, they're going to be like minus minus like 700 favorites here. Yeah. And then I could maybe dabble with Dignitas taking a map. I wouldn't do more than that.
3: No. But yeah, like I said, I, yeah, you could maybe see them taking one game. Um, and maybe, I mean, yeah, it, it's really tough to imagine much more than that, though.
0: Yeah, agreed. Alright, so, uh, yeah, like I said, like kind of a short show this week. That's all we, we've got. Um, let's do Pick of the Week. Uh, we didn't do... I gotta roll... Do we want to roll a dice for the Pick of the Week? Do we want randomly select it, or is there any of these that stick out to you guys? They're up in the top here. Rolling the dice, chair. fair. Alright, let me, let me do that. Uh, in the meantime, you guys pop up uh, your Pick of the Week.
2: The only, I think, I'm the only one that has one down at the moment, and uh, I'm going with FlyQuest minus 1.5 at minus 115 when they play against EG. I almost like really, really went for it and went for the minus 2.5, but I, I really, you know, I think this is the safer bet. So I really like my record in Pick of the Week, and I'm going to keep it.
0: I talked to you off three O's, didn't I? (laughs) (laughs) Season 10, the destroyer of sweeps. Uh, so. I'll just say straight up, just for equity purposes, that was actually um, a suggested listener pick of the week as well from at Marcade1 on Twitter. So we won't be using that one as a listener pick of the week, but uh, thank you for the submission on that. I am going to randomly roll for these other three. Actually, I'm going to roll between two because one we'll have to put to next week because this one I'm going to have to put to next week. So uh, we'll say Evens is the first one. All right, we got Evens. So... I rolled a D12. You guys watch this on film. So. Uh, so we'll take from Big Kev on the eSports Department Discord. Very active contributor to the League channel. Uh, he says, Afrika minus one and a half against Sandbox at plus 115, which I think is a great pick. So we'll put that one down. I'll bold this out. Uh Josh, what you got this week? We have sl- slim pickings this week because the, the <laughs> LCK is so chalky. So,
3: yeah, I'm trying to find uh, the odds on a couple of the props. I think what I, I want to go with an underdog prop, but I'm just trying to find if any of them are posted yet. Uh, so I may need a second. Okay. Uh, I'm, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me just
1: look. Good, okay. Chris. So I'll just pick mm, a victory five. I think I just have that one. I think I picked victory, yeah, I picked Victory Five to win this one, so I'll just take victory five money line. Okay. So Chris is on V
0: five. Okay. I'm gonna be on Jeez, this is so trash this week. Slim pickings this week.
2: Yeah, I give it that like basically the entire L C K is unplayable, you gotta like you know, yeah, two, three, yeah. Four, like, round up between
0: you gotta get creative, and I hate doing like minus one and a half parlays, like back to back, because like that's probably an option in the LCK this week. Is playing like Genji, like multi-day minus one and a half map kind of plays. Maybe not all of them, but just like pick two. You could probably round robin, honestly. <laughs> like I, I, and I never ever suggest doing that most of the time, but like this might be a weekend to actually consider that. Because, like, even if one of these lose, I mean, you'd have to do the math on it. You're probably going to end up profitable. As long as you're excluding, like, the huge ones, like the minus 500s. I'll go... Oof. This is so tough. What the hell? Give me... I'm picking one of these favorites. It's going to be the wrong one, too. This is the one's gonna lose it. Give me give me T one minus one twenty eight against Afrika. I know for a fact I'm gonna get burned on this one too. But I'll go I'll go T one minus one twenty eight against Afrika. or minus one point five at minus, at minus one twenty eight. Did you find one, Josh? You got yeah. Uh, yeah here we go.
3: Yeah. So I uh, I had to dive deep to find one where this was posted, uh, but I found Homo Life first Dragon at plus one thirty for map one against DRX. Uh, just Again, these underdog pops are something you can take advantage of. When you look at just first Drake percentages on the year, Honwa's sitting fifth in the league at 52%, while DRX is sitting uh, seventh in the league at 43%. So getting plus 130 odds there is obviously going to be something I want to take.
0: I'll see shop around for that one too, because uh, just the first place I looked had a plus 143 on the same thing. So, Oh, even better. Yeah. I'll take that for
3: my odds instead. Yeah, you know?
0: I'll count it. I'll, put it. I'll put it in there. I'll put it in there. Here we go count it just changed it all right um kind of a shorter episode this week but again these playoff series uh we'll have Europe coming next week did you guys have anything going on sign-offs kind of feels weird going under an hour right (laughs) it's been
1: so long did we really have an episode that was so fast yeah um Uh, nothing going yeah nothing going too much on in my life i think i'm just so distraught from the uh, summer split that I'm just going to follow the path of Viper and become a ribbon one trick. <laughs> I like the ribbon one
0: trick thought.
2: Here, I can go with there. I can follow you up on that because I've been playing a lot of League recently. For I, I go through spurts where I don't play League almost at all for like months at a time. I just watch it. But recently, uh, I, I decided to try to get me and my son to Platinum duoing together. And uh, I gotta say, if you're duoing together, I'm sure some people have already known this forever, but I really DuoBot has been so much better for us than anything else that we've tried, because we, we play we both play like pretty much every position, so we have tried a bunch of different combinations of things, and DuoBot is just so much more effective than anything else we've tried. We've been playing Jin Thresh, and I don't know that we've lost a lane playing Jin Thresh. It's a good lane. Yeah, and whereas when we were playing some of these other combinations, like, you know, Jungle Mid and even Jungle Top, Top Mid, any of that stuff, we have, like, too many games where it feels like it's out of our control, or when we're in bottom lane together, it feels like generally the games are within control, although we did have a 0-14 Jax
0: earlier today on our team, <laughs> but, uh,
2: but usually it feels within our control.
0: The uncarryable 0-14. and 14.
3: Have you have you brought out the what what did we play against Rotowire? The Zigs Lee Sin bot lane or whatever it
0: was? Oh, we
2: have all kinds Teemo. of cool stuff like There's that Teemo. we feel like Timo, that's right.
3: Timo Lee Sin.
2: I did play the Timo for anybody that watched uh, when I was on the hundred talk rec league. I did play the Timo in the rec league matchup in the bot lane, but I lost. Uh, it was not my best game.
0: Dude, the double blind bot lane. That's like- <laughs> You're not I double was, blinding uh, your opponents. <laughs> it was super fun. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot going. On. I've, I've enjoyed. I took. I took. I took a night off of writing for the first time since June fourth. So that was actually kind of nice. I didn't do anything. It was beautiful. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm getting right back into the thick of things. Uh, I'm going to try to do. I'm probably going to try to stream some VOD review kind of stuff in the next couple of days if I get a, if I get time to. With all these playoff matches coming up, so uh, if you guys are interested in that kind of thing twitch.tv slash gelati lol or i'll use the esports department twitch which is just twitch.tv slash the esports department right so definitely follow the esports department twitch we're going to be using that more often um maybe maybe i'll put it up on that that might be better if i can find a cool way to format it and everything so
3: anything else no, my only thing. I've, I've been playing a lot of TFT. Uh, I've been climbing pretty oh, hard. Oh, oh, here we go, yo. Do the whole do.
0: No, just brag. Just put it out there, dude. Come yeah, yeah.
3: I'm. I'm in the finally in the top right now. Is my peak. I'm at 321 LP. So top 0.08 uh, percent in NA.
1: Oh yeah. I'm ranked number
3: 738 on ladder right now. Uh, so I'm pretty hyped about that. Top
0: 1,000 TFT player. What's the broken TFT strats? Uh,
3: I play a lot of Zaya carry. Um, but it's best if you just know a few comps and just try and play there's also like some different maps where it makes sense to play something different uh but I generally try to play Zayacare because I just feel like I'm better than it, better at it than other people, and I can convince them in all chat to leave me alone while I do it <laughs> and, and that makes it easier is the, uh, is but... the all
0: chat game very crucial in climbing the ladder for t f
3: t uh, so it can be like literally earlier today we were on a reroll galaxy and like obviously there is like when you have a singular carry like it's just way better on that galaxy and someone like started going Zaya and then I rolled like three of the units and I literally just typed please reconsider and then he, he rolled like another unit that would get him into a different comp he's like alright I'll go this comp and I was like thank you <laughs> what the hell dude <laughs> yeah. this is so not cutthroat
0: <laughs>
2: What is the next version of TFT? Because I I love the first two versions, and I played them, like, 24-7, and I've hated this one. I said, I to play
0: this one.
3: Uh, It's coming in, like, about, I think it should be about three weeks now. Um, So Worlds is coming up. Uh, I think, like, the ONA finals are this weekend, and then a couple more regions have their finals to get the Worlds contestants, and then I think it's in a week or two. So we're all in a Worlds patch now. Um and then when it's over, then they I think are taking like a week break and then setting up the whole starting up the new set. So we'll get yeah, this, this set
2: get back into it with you when the when the set changes.
3: Yeah. this set's been pretty bumpy. Uh there's a lot of really, really crappy spots, but they've gotten it in this patch and the last patch, they've finally gotten into a place where like there's literally like seven or eight comps. Like people's tier lists are no longer just four comps. It's like That's thirteen healthy. comps. That's yeah, crazy. so it's really good because you can play a lot of different stuff. Um, but yeah,
0: that's good. That's good. Yeah. Took a little bit, but they got there. They got there. All right. Uh, so we'll be, we'll have, uh, LEC playoffs next week, the next round of LCS and, um, LPL and the final week of LCK, which should be a lot more entertaining than this garbage week that is, uh, (laughs) full of just the favorites playing the bad teams. So yeah, I think that's going to be it for us this week. A bit of a shorter episode, but, um, Fewer matches Nothing to cover, and you know we're going to be getting ready for Worlds, ramping up, and uh, it'll 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 help us keep well rested and energized as we head into Worlds in September and October. Which I didn't even get to say this. Like, thankfully, it's happening. Like yeah, we never so really chance talked chance about that.
2: See it. Yeah, there was a chance just we wouldn't even have a World Championship properly this year. So, so it's. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, pretty pretty exciting that we're going to have that. So we will see you guys next week. Everybody enjoy the uh, playoff games this weekend and uh, try to enjoy those. Maybe maybe some beer bets on how bad these favorites stomp in the LCK this weekend too. So uh, everybody have a good weekend and we'll see you guys next week.
3: Talk to you later, guys.
0: The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.